Welcome back to The Daily Poem. I'm David Kern, and today is Friday, October 9th, 2020. Today on the show, I'm going to share with you two sonnets by Sally Thomas. Sally Thomas is a poet and fiction writer who was born in Tennessee in 1964. She's the author of two poetry chapbooks, Fallen Water and Richeldus of Walshingham. Uh, and then she also had her first full-length poetry book. It's called Motherland, and it was a finalist for the Abel Muse Book Award. It's available now. We've published her in Forma, and she's also been published in First Things, The New Yorker, The New Republic, Southern Poetry Review, Dappled Things, Plow Quarterly, and many others. The poems that I'm going to read today were published recently over at Plow. You can go to plow.com and you can find them there. They're, the post is called Two Sonnets. It's by Sally Thomas. It's from September 29th. And I enjoyed both of these a great deal and wanted to share them with you here on the podcast. So uh, I'm going to read both of them. I'll probably read both of them twice because given that they are sonnets, they're not terribly long. But I think you'll enjoy these this time of year. So here first is In the Fullness of Time. Time, the hermit thinks, is always full. Unlike the moon, it does not wax and wane, but incubates the future endlessly. It fares forth daily with its pregnant waddle, plods the same road, points the same direction, never arrives or labors, or else incessantly arrives, every second is giving birth. The hermit wonders how to understand this strange phrase from the gospel writer's hand. He thinks, does time itself in time bring forth eternity to intervene in time? His head hurts now. The candle's burning low and won't restore itself. Outside, new snow shines. The moon, unveiled, is full in time. The second sonnet is called Michael Moss. These autumn afternoons, black thunder showers break above the ridge to rinse the dust from the slanting light. The last pale, tattered coneflowers mourn at the hermit's door. Before first frost, the rain makes everything intense with life. Today, he sees a doe and half-grown fawn browsing his ruined garden. In one brief glimpse, the world holds still. They dapple and darken on his vision, are more present to him than his skin. His heart's lost to them. Charged, electric, the world's more real than human minds imagine. Its pure, unseen intelligences shock him into knowing more than he can know. The deer depart. He does not see them go. I really love these poems. Um, and in particular, I love the way Sally Thomas has this ability to um, begin and end her poems. I mean, there's a lot that's great in between. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> um, but Sally Thomas, in a lot of her poems, and in these two poems in particular, creates a scenario, a, a scene, that asks some kind of really profound question. Of course, as with most poems about autumn, 
these poems contemplate the effects of time, um, both the, the, the hopeful effects of it, but also the notion of loss that attends this season. Of course, without that loss, there's no life to be had later. But that hopefulness isn't without its uh, dissonances, isn't without its disorientations for, for those of us who have to live through it. So in this first sonnet, time, the hermit thinks, is always full. At the end, the moon unveiled is full in time. And so in this first poem, we get time, the hermit thinks, is always full. Unlike the moon, it does not wax and wane, but incubates the future endlessly. So that's the first three lines of, of the first one. But then it ends with the, the phrase, the, most, most of the final line reads, the moon unveiled is full in time. So we get kind of a, a response to the opening part. Time is always full. Unlike the moon, it does not wax and wane. But then at the end, we get the moon is full. So I love the way she she creates sort of a paradox, a contradiction to her own thought at the beginning. And what I love about that is the way it makes the poem contemplative. These poems are part of a cycle of poems she's writing that are from the perspective of a hermit. We were uh, honored to publish a couple in a fairly recent issue of, of Forma. And so because the the thought changes by the end of the poem, it makes the poem very contemplative and very thoughtful. And you can think right along with the hermit, you can process the thinking, and you can uh, perhaps uh, come to the same conclusion at the end, but it, it, it raises questions for you that you can spend the day with. Um, and I think that that is a sort of sleight of hand that great, great poems, great poets can accomplish. Michael Mass this next poem seems as if, uh, you know, a continuation of that thought, but through a specific image, a specific experience that the hermit is having. He's out of doors. He's looking at his garden. The, the last pale tattered cone flowers are mourning at the hermit's door. So I imagine him standing in his doorway, looking out at the, the black thunderstorms, the black thunder showers that are breaking above the ridge off in the distance. The flowers are about his feet are, are mourning, it says. And yet the rain makes everything intense with life. So there's a paradox there as well. The rain is making everything intense with life even as the cone flowers are, are dying. And he watches from his doorpost or maybe from his window, he watches this, the doe and then the deer, the mother and the child. And for a second, the world holds still. And I love that image because it suggests so many things. That, that line, it suggests so many things. It suggests that for him, maybe there's a pause. Everything else seems to stop. Time seems to stop for him. But it also could suggest that there is a unity. Everything is holding together. Uh, kind of the opposite of, of the famous Yeats line. And for a second, the, the world's more real than human minds imagine. And of course, the, there's a little allusion to to um, Hopkins, it seems, there. It's pure unseen intelligences shock him into knowing more than he can know. For a second, it goes beyond him. The, the meaning of this mother and this child in the midst of the passing of time. The paradox of, of mourning, flowers, and rain that makes everything intense with life is for a moment beyond his comprehension. And so once again, we have a poem that is 
uh, contemplative and about contemplation. Um, and so I think together these make a, a really wonderful uh, pair. You know, a couple of poems that I'm going to write down in my notebook and I'm going to look at um, here and there over the next the next couple months as as uh, the leaves turn uh, and you know the the animals begin to hide away here on our in our yard. So I want to read these one more time. This is uh, in the fullness of time. Time, the hermit thinks, is always full. Unlike the moon, it does not wax and wane, but incubates the future endlessly. It fares forth daily with its pregnant waddle, plods the same road, points the same direction, never arrives or labors, or else incessantly arrives. Every second it's giving birth. The hermit wonders how to understand this strange phrase from the gospel writer's hand. He thinks, does time itself, in time, bring forth eternity to intervene in time? His head hurts now. The candle's burning low and won't restore itself. Outside, new snow shines. The moon, unveiled, is full in time. And here is Michael Mass. These autumn afternoons, black thunder showers break above the ridge to rinse the dust from the slanting light. The last pale, tattered coneflowers mourn at the hermit's door. Before first frost, the rain makes everything intense with life. Today he sees a doe and half-grown fawn browsing his ruined garden. In one brief glimpse, the world holds still. They dapple and darken on his vision, are more present to him than his skin. His heart's lost to them, charged, electric, the world's more real than human minds imagine. Its pure, unseen intelligences shock him into knowing more than he can know. The deer depart, he does not see them go. just want to remind you that you can check these poems out at plow.com search two sonnets it's from september 29th 2020 this has been the daily poem thanks so much for listening i'll be back on monday with another poem for you